Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Starting with verse 22. This chapter 23 um, is a kaleidoscope of truth within it. But these Three verses or four verses, uh, he, he kind of digs down on something here. Verse 22 says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee. Despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth, sell it not. Wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. The father of the righteous shall rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she shall bear thee, shall rejoice. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. By the truth, sell it not, wisdom and instruction and understanding. One more verse. This is where I'm going to come to a little later. It'll be Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 7. Behold, Hanamiel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle, shall come, saying, Buy thee my field that is Anthrop. For an anthrop, for the right of redemption is thine to buy. I want to preach here this morning from the simple thought what are we truly leaving behind? What are we truly leaving behind? Jesus, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing I feel right now. God, I'm asking for that anointing to break every yoke, break every chain, every fetter. Let the peace of God, let it prevail over the hopelessness of the heart. Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. What do I leave behind? What am I After I'm gone, what will be the thing, not only that I am remembered by, but what did I leave? I'm not talking today about tangible inheritances. I'm not talking about the fortune or the homes or the cars or the guns. Whatever it may be that you and I have acquired through life, 
that we, just something about us, we, we want to get something that in the tangible that we just would like to leave somebody tangibly. I know that I, me and my father, we've got certain things, us, it's guns and, and other little trinkets, but you know, I, there's a specific one that I, I told him a long time ago, I want it. And uh, whenever you decided to, hey, I'm not putting you in the grave early or nothing, <laughs> but before you start pushing tulips, make sure you designate that one coming to this boy here. There's just something about it, and, and, and I'm not because I, I, was, I had no intent of selling it or greed or money, but it just the reason I wanted that Walter PPK was because as a, as a boy, I remember that was just, it was an identifying thing that helped me remember you and on and so forth. So when you go on and I'd have a tangible thing in my hand that when I look at it at times it could just bring back good memories of us together and, and inheritance it's you know it ain't millions but it's something that I got in my hand that I can hold to and I, I thank God for those things because it brings back good memories of what I've got in my father and my mother and my family and on and so forth but today I'm not talking about tangible things because even in the tangible things, that's good and that's kind and I respect the gift and the giver. But yet, there's something more that you can leave behind that would have a more eternal significance that really could pay off for me a whole lot better than just a good memory. I can remember the countless times of hearing the stories of my grandfather preacher of the gospel and how I hear I hear it over and over Oberlin that old camp meeting that was right there where they got that VA hall I think or whatever that building is that's where they set the tent up right there in Oberlin and my grandfather preached the only at that time if I'm not mistaken French camp meeting because at that time it was all French speaking people and he would be the speaker there and would hear about the power of God that moved. I thank God for the stories. But you see, he passed on something to my dad and to me that goes beyond just a gun or a car or a piece of land or a 401k. See, he passed on something that you can't measure, Brother Keith, with a... I can't measure what my grandfather stood for in truth and living for God with all of his heart. I can't measure that. But yet, uncanny as it is, I can't measure it. It was passed down to me. See, we are all about measure. We want to measure how big or how great. Or you, you Come on, go fishing. And the first thing you say, it was a... God forbid you got a short forearm. You ain't never catching no big fish. It was this big or we measure everything. We measure what we have in tangible things. But God is looking for a people 
will look and say, here's what I'm leaving behind. I can't measure this. I can't measure the things that are intangible. I can't measure how many times I pray a day for my kids, Brother Daryl. I can't measure how many hours I would spend in a day. But I know this is true. That somewhere in those prayers, something is being passed on that I might not be here to see, but it's going to pay off. I might not see everything I want to see. I want to see it now. I want to see what God has for me now. I want to see the tangible now. But I need to realize that there are some things I'm doing today. Young couples, hear me. There are things you do today that don't pay today. But it pays way down the road. It might not pay off today, Sister Kim, of I might not get what I want today from God. But if I just keep being faithful and I just keep living for Him and I just keep raising my hands when I don't feel like it and I keep praying. See, what are you saying? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm investing in my tomorrow. I'm investing in my kids tomorrow. I'm investing in my church tomorrow. I'm buying the truth and I'm never going to sell it. I hate this season. See, we're all about the short sale. Come on, let me just use a little practicality here. You get in a pickle financially, Brother Daryl? Me? What's the first thing we do? What can I go ahead and hawk off? We start cutting our losses. And we start selling what I don't need. I start getting rid of stuff that I don't need anymore. Things that I've carried and really now are just a weight to carry. It's time to start getting rid of But you see, the writer in Proverbs says, buy it and sell it not. See, there's an element about living for God in truth that when you first buy into it, there ain't no option to sell out of it. I can walk away from it, but the element of truth stays within you and I. I've seen it over and over. I've seen people that have heard truth when they were just a child. And you give it about 30, 40 years. And what do you think happens? They begin to realize the value of life. They begin to realize things I should have done 30 years ago. I ain't done like I should have. And truth begins to come back again. You may tell you what they're doing. They're realizing I bought this thing a long time ago. It's time for me to pick up the value of what I once had and begin to live for him with all of my heart again. Notice what Proverbs said, that chapter. I think it was 23. Not, I'll get it for you. That verse. By the truth, go back one more. Notice how it started in Proverbs. Hearken unto thy father. Why? He's speaking of genealogies. Now, we can't take today the the, the application of my father was not a good father. You got to 
look at this as your heavenly father. Your father might not have done what should have been done. He might have not raised you like you should have been raised. And we've got a distorted view of fatherhood. Or maybe your mother. But the truth and the principle never changes. Regardless of what my daddy was, what my mama was, what my grandpa was, or whatever was in my family. Regardless of what it was. I've used this story before and I got the numbers somewhere. But it compares two men, Max Jukes and Jonathan Edwards. How many of you know Jonathan Edwards? Ever heard of Jonathan Edwards? Raise your hand just so I know. Wow, I do need to tell the story. Max Jukes lived in 18-something. Max Jukes had, in his lineage from the early 1800s, Brother Roger, had, now I'm, 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 these numbers, I'm just randomly, a thousand thieves, 200 bank robbers, 15 adulterers, rapists, murderers, Stealers. There ain't nothing good that came out of Max Jukes' is genealogy. It's a list of people because he wasn't right, and these are all the people that came from him. And cost, I think it closes out and says, cost the state millions of dollars because of all his genealogical issues. Because one man made a decision to not live for God. And it compares the other man, Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards in the 1800s, many of you heard of the Reformation, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards is on the heels of that. He was an old time preacher. That his story or his sermon, sinners, hands of an angry God, It's typed out. You can find it anywhere. That literally Jonathan Edwards went to a pulpit and he read his notes, never looked up one time. And the people, or the story is, that people flooded the altar and began to weep because the conviction was so strong from a man that walked with God so closely that all he had to do was read the sermon and people converted. Out of Max Jukes' lineage came the beginning fathers of Harvard, Yale, lawyers, hundreds of lawyers, doctors, successful. Cost the state zero. He only had one black sheep in his family, Jonathan Edwards. And he was the vice president of the United States who was Aaron Burr, which is your kinfolk. Y'all don't know it, but she's a Burr. So in your genealogy, you got a black sheep, not mine. Uh, Aaron Burr, the president, vice president. So what's the point? What are you telling me this? It matters how the fathers and mothers live today. It matters my decision I make today. It affects people tomorrow. 
I wonder what would happen if we could go back in reverse time and we could undo things I did that I'm paying for today. Decisions I made that I know I should have never made, Sister Mark and tell. But I made it in a carnal moment, in an angry moment. This scripture is trying to show you and I hearken to the fathers. I'm not talking about fathers that did wrong. I'm talking about the fathers that did right. And if you and I had a father that followed God and was led by God, follow in that lineage. Despise not the mother. And then he shifts gears. Next verse. And says, by the truth. Has it ever dawned or occurred on you and I, why would he slip this in in the midst of talking about families? Because truth is the only thing that can be perpetuated in the spirit that matters. How many things have we passed down? Boy, I wish my boy wouldn't do that. Boy, I wish he would do this. I'm human, you're human. We make mistakes in our humanity. But there's one thing that is flawless that never makes a mistake. If I can teach them truth, if I can teach them, you say, well, what are you talking about, Acts 2.38? Yeah, that's one. But let's talk about some other truths. Let's talk about love the Lord thy God with all your might, heart, soul, and strength. That's what your daddy taught you. That's what your daddy taught you. And today, we live with all of our heart, our mind, and our strength. I'm preaching to people here today. You say, but I don't have none of that. Then it's a great day for you and I to start. You say, well, I don't have a daddy that, that taught me like them. I, I don't have a mama like the Savons have or, or the mama or daddy like the Bushes. I don't have none of that. That's all right. You and I are not exempt from having the blessing of seeing what God can do in our family by one decision that I make today. You know what? You and I make mistakes. We're human and we drop the ball. We lose a battle or two, but we've not lost the war by the truth and sell it not. If God won't you and I to live for him with all of our heart you can start today and see a change in a family most of my job not just here as pastor but as a preacher is trying to undo decisions that are regretted that are made most of my job is trying to say Yes, you messed up, but there's still hope. There's still a chance that if you and I today, see, what am I going to leave them, Sister Claudia? Am I going to leave my kid? My, am I going to pass on to him that gun? Yeah, maybe so. But what means more than that is can I pass on to him that at about two in the morning he heard a daddy praying. 
Can I pass on to him, Sister Peggy, that maybe at about 3 in the morning he gets up to kind of get some water and he sees a daddy walking in the living room just in circles, interceding and travailing for him and for his sister and husband and, and the church that we are part of and praying for people that's names he hardly even knows. But he's calling. Why? It's showing him that it's all about souls. It's all about living for God with all your heart. But it's about taking somebody with me. That's what I want to pass on. That's what you and I should want to pass on not a tangible thing that they're just going to fight over anyway once you and I are dead and gone but let them have the truth that you and I buy today and refuse to sell it I refuse to become apathetic I refuse to just be a pew dweller I refuse to just be a preacher we got preachers on every corner we don't need another preacher We need men of God that pass on things that matter. Things that matter. That when you and I get upset, Brother Micah, and we want to get frustrated, and that anger wants to rise up in us because we're men. Men get angry. That's one of the very defining marks about men that designates us holy, is that we're men that lift our hands without wrath or doubting. What that means is we're not angry, and we're full of faith. What I want to teach my boy in this, and why at the same, that when you and I want to get angry, and you and I want to get frustrated with life, they can see you and I give people peace and mercy and encouragement. I don't want them to see. Is it there? Sure it is. But if I'm not careful, every example, if I don't show them the other side in a multiplied fashion, I've said it like this. I remember the story of Jesus. The little boy showed up with just a la- just a little bit of bread. He didn't have a whole lot. Kind of like me. I ain't got a whole lot. I'm not very smart. I'm not very theologically advanced. And the story was like this. That the lad showed up with just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And he had 5,000 people that needed to be fed. And Jesus took the bread and he multiplied the little to feed many. What are you saying? What I'm saying is this. Brother Darrell, there's many times I lose the battle and I'm not a good example. But I go to God and I say, God, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me and God, help me. With as much sincerity and honesty as I can muster up, I'll say, God, help me to never do it again. But here's the rest of that story. I'll say, God, take the little bit of good that I've done. Take the little bit that I've done in being a Christian and multiply it. Take the little and make a lot. That my kids remember the good. 
That they remember the joy I had. They remember the peace I had. That when crisis and calamity came, don't let them remember God, me getting a ward on my brain, worried and fearful. But let them remember, I had a daddy that rose up in faith and said, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray about this. We're going to live for God with all of our heart. Let them remember the one time I got it right. And God, go to every time I missed it and erase that from their mind. Maybe you're perfect. I'm not. I miss it more than I hit it. I miss the mark more than I hit it sometimes, Brother Smith. But it don't ever stop me from following that story right there. Buy the truth and don't sell it. Don't sell out for what you can't get an immediate return on. Young couple, hear me. When I worked back at Eastwood, we pastored 63 or 64 young couples. That was a church. And their families. And the biggest struggle, Sister Helen, that they fought was trying to accumulate stuff instead of trying to accumulate spiritual things. They were busy trying to hurry up and get a house built and a car. and They were hurrying, trying to get everything done. And, and, and they were doing it. What they didn't realize was, Brother Darrell, they were doing it at the expense of putting things up in the spirit for their kids. They were doing it trying to keep up with the Joneses. I, I'm for a house. We got to have it. And all of these things. The struggle for young couples is I got to get it now. And now that carries over to the things of the Spirit in prayer. And we come and I preach messages like today saying, buy it. But when the return don't come back quickly, don't sell out on truth yet. We live for God for a year, two years, and then because God don't fix our family or God don't heal my mama or God don't put my marriage back together or God don't give me my kids, we just quit and throw in the towel. And we sell what God has given to us by cost. If we can ever focus on what the priority is. The priority is this. I got kids coming behind me. And if I buy the truth today And I buy into this with my heart today What are you talking about? I'm talking about buying into prayer I'm talking about buying into faithfulness to the house of God I'm talking about buying into reading the word of God I'm talking about buying into just living for God With all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength Giving God everything That's buying truth I believe prayer works I believe reading the Bible works I believe being faithful to the house of God works That's buying the truth. But now watch. You let a little turmoil, trouble come. And before long, it's kind of hit and miss. Your little problems come. And that which once mattered and we had found strength and a source of strength in the house of God don't matter no more. Things that mattered, what did we just do? Truth went on the auction block. Truth went to the highest seller 
Here's what it's saying. Whoever's desperate enough for truth. He already paid the price. It's all yours. He's not asking for you and I to pay another price in death. Physically. He's asking for us to pay a price. Spiritually. That we realize. I can't live unto my own. I've got to give this to him. Next verse. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Go back to that one. Just real fast. Also, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Buy the truth, sell it not. Also, wisdom and understanding. You don't know what decisions to make? It starts with truth. I don't know what to do about my job. It starts with truth. That's what God did for you. You made it. I'm doing this. I want to do it right. Next verse. Now he flips back and says, The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. What's that saying? This is saying the investment you're making today you may not see the benefit tomorrow. He said, for the righteous, the father of the righteous, shall go, the father of the righteous. There are some things you're going to pay a price for today in truth. And you may see benefits, but there may be some things you're not going to see. But the righteous seed that came from your decision is going to benefit something that you and I might not see the totality of. And he that begatteth a wise child shall have joy. That's him saying, I see, he's doing right. Next verse. Thy father and mother shall be glad, shall bear thee. They rejoice. Next verse. My son, give heart. Now he's speaking to the next generation. He's trying to combine the two. And show the thing that keeps it together. Is there anybody other than me that says, what keeps families together? Why are we facing things in families like we've never faced before? Families don't stay together. Homes don't stay together. What's going on? Why? I'll tell you why. Because we got caught up in passing things on that don't matter. Think about coming up. If we could undo, think about disagreements that happen. Here's an example. Let's say, me and you, you're a lot younger. You're younger. You're like me, younger. Almost as good looking, but not there, but close. But me and you is in church together. And we have a disagreement. And we oppose each other. And our kids come in. You're at home. And you and her's arguing. And I'm at home. And I'm arguing with her. Saying that man, if I could get my hands on him, he's wrong. And he calls himself a Christian. My kids walk in. And they hear me talking about another man. And they see that anger. They see that. 
Now we're 30 years and now we're old and we look back on it, Brother Wade, and now me and you are hugging necks and I love you because time is healed in a couple good prayer meetings. But now watch, what did I invest in my kids in that moment? That they're too young and immature spiritually to know how to pray through it. All they know is somebody hurt my daddy and I'm angry. Could the struggle we're battling with now in generations younger than us be? We're having to undo decisions that fathers made trying to pass on material things instead of passing on the things of truth. How to live for God with joy and excitement. How to live for God and, and, and do it with all of my heart. Because he's trying to connect both worlds and say, you got to buy into this because there's going to come a day that something's going to try to rob you and get you to sell it at whatever the cost. What are we passing on? I don't know about you, but I want to make sure, Brother Daryl, I pass on the right things. I'm not saying we're going to make, we're not going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to say things and do things that we're going to regret that we did. But more than all of that, I want to remember this one principle. God, if you can help me, I'm going to do everything in my power to live for you with all my heart that I pass on to my kids. I pass on to people that I'm around that they remember me not by some tangible thing. I want them to remember me because I was peaceable. I was easily entreated. I was a kind man. I was a loving man. I wasn't bitter. I wasn't angry. I wasn't a frustrated. But I was one that knew how to love live for God with all of my heart mind, soul and strength but the hour we live today we've got so many people coming in that that image of the father is so distorted so a message like I'm preaching today is so hard to receive brother Mike because the natural fathers natural mothers of the world the church wherever has distorted that, that, that image so now when I come to God and believe that God can my struggle is, well, if I compare it to my natural daddy, it's going to be a long shot. When God's asking for you and I to buy into what he has given us in truth, and we will see our families come back home. You say, well, I've done made too many mistakes. There's no way that I can undo what I've done. I'll never believe that as long as there's breath in my body. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you and I have made. It doesn't matter how many things we got wrong when we knew to do right. It doesn't matter how many times I knew I should have done this, but I couldn't find the strength to do it. Here's the facts. God's merciful and God's gracious. And if I remember the target, I got to be passing on things that really matter to my kids that's going to ensure their salvation. That the righteous of my sons and daughters, they'll return back and say, God, I'm so thankful for a daddy that made a decision and said, I'm not going the way of the world. I'm not going to live this way or that way, but I'm going to bring my family to the house of God teach him how to live for God I'm telling some daddy it's not too late I'm telling some mama it's not too late you bought the truth don't sell it now God's at work go to Jeremiah 32 and I'm coming to a close 
Jeremiah 32 and verse 7. Jeremiah is in the prison. The children of Israel have messed up. Another story of mercy. They're in Babylonian captivity. It's over. The prophet, the man of God, you think their, their, their mindset wasn't so de- just desynthesized? The one that was the voice of God for them is now in prison. You think that wasn't disheartening to the people? The prophet Jeremiah, the one that declared the word of the Lord to them. The one that was the light in a dark hour. The one that was the leader to the group is in prison. Discouraged. The Babylonians have taken over Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar's moved in. And everything they hoped for has been stolen. Their kids, their homes, their property, everything is gone and in the bonds of Babylonian captivity. The world. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You got friends. You got family that the world has got them bound. What am I going to do? How is this going to change? What's the answer? I'm going to give you the same answer God gave Jeremiah. Jeremiah was incarcerated in prison, which that's another story inside of itself. God was really saving him because there was a famine and providing for him shelter and food because the whole nation was in chaos. But while he's in prison... And the Babylonians have taken over. The word of the Lord came to him and said, I want you to buy a field in Atheroth. Atheroth was his hometown. But here's the problem. It's owned or under the siege of the Babylonians. What is it that the enemy has got for you? Or has taken from you. That's under its dominion. Is it somebody? Is it our community? Is it a son and a daughter? Is it a drug addict? Who is it that's under the rule. Of the Babylonian captivity. And here's what God came to the prophet and said. Uncle's about to come. And he's about to have to get rid of some land. The price of redemption. It's another story inside of itself, Brother Daryl. But he says, Jeremiah, you're going to buy it. Now hold on. I don't know about you, but that don't make a lick of sense. Come on, somebody. That don't make no sense. Why would I buy land and invest in something that I can't even have? He ain't getting it. He's going to buy it on paper. That's all it is. But he will never build a house there, Brother Daryl. Says Terry Joe, he never gets to put the white picket fence and raise his family. Furthermore, Jeremiah dies in captivity. He never puts his foot on the property. All he's got is a memory of what it used to look like. That's his hometown. Because everything's under the captivity of the Babylonians. See, because here's what God does, Brother Joe. 
When everything is under the captivity of the enemy, God's going to ask you to do something that don't make sense because of an investment that will get paid down the road. It don't make sense to raise my hands today, Brother Rock. It don't make sense, Brother Micah, to get out of that pew and raise your hands and worship. Everything going on in our lives, chaos and mayhem and just craziness. The world's in chaos. And God says, come to church. Worship God with all your heart. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. But that don't make no sense. Why do I want to shout? I'm depressed. My life is crazy. My family's in chaos. My business is upside down. I'm broker than Cooter Brown. Nobody knows who he is. My world is upside down. And you want me to lift my hands? You want me to come to church when I got so many problems? You want me to be faithful? Buy the truth and sell it not. Because you're making an investment down the road that you cannot see. And every time you're faithful, God's saying, they did it again. Every time you give in the offering, God said, they did it again. Every time you hold your tongue, God says, they did it again. Every time you treat your neighbor like you want to be treated, God said, they did it again. Every time you pray when you don't feel like praying, God says, they did it again. And you're making an investment for down the road. We're like Esau, we're short-sighted. We came in and that bowl of porridge looks really good. That thing looks really good today. So I'm willing to sell out today for that. Then to really pay my dues in living for God with all my heart. We'd rather do that. And Jeremiah, you're asked a question. What do you want to do? Musicians come. I'm closing. Jeremiah. God says buy a piece of property in your hometown that you're not even able to see. There ain't no internet, Brother Roger. He can't Google it right now. From prison. Now in prison, man, you live high on the hog, son. Just ask Governor Edwards. Oh. Oh. He's all right. We knew him. He's fine. He's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. You can live high. That wasn't in the prison. He had to make an investment in something he couldn't see. And every time you and I come to church, and we raise our hand, or we worship, or we pray, or we, we we're, anything you do for the kingdom is an investment that will pay down the road. I wish I would have remembered back 30 years ago, Micah. I remember, I wish I could have remembered some of these lessons back then. Things I wish I'd have did, but I didn't.
because God back then was asking me to make an investment in something. But I thought the cost was too high. I was wanting to have fun. Come on, somebody that was young one time. I was wanting to have fun. I was wanting to have fun. I was wanting to do what felt good to me at that moment. But here's what I didn't understand. I was doing something, Brother Joe. Instead of putting up a good deposit, I was putting up a negative deposit. And when it came time for my kids to do what needed to be done, I went to reach into the bank account of heaven and say, okay, God, I need to withdraw. And God says, whoop, it ain't there. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm not putting condemnation on nobody. I'm trying us to realize how critical he is. The moment he is right now. My response, if your son and daughter are sitting by you, your response right now is critical. Because I believe that. Verses. Showing what I want to. I want to see my kids living for God, Sister Gail, and I don't want to see them out. And when I need a withdrawal out of the bank account of heaven, I want to be able to look back at that moment and say, God, no, I ain't always done it right. But I tell you one thing. When I didn't feel like doing it, I gave it my best. I live for you with all of my heart, my mind, my strength. I I wasn't just a traditional Christian. I wasn't just an occupier. But I was one that, God, if you needed somebody to declare that you're good and faithful, you were going to find it in my mouth. God is good all the time. And God has never failed me. He has never let me down. He has never left me unto my own. But when I was at my lowest, God came to me at the bottom and picked me back up again. I wonder if Jeremiah would have said, you got to be kidding me. God, why are you asking me something that I can't even enjoy the benefits of. God's asking us things today that you might not get the benefit of it, but will you still do it because you love Him with all your heart? We have raised a generation of young couples, of young people. They're still good, but there's a generation and a mindset out there that says, if God don't do it for me today, I'm out of here. I wish I'd have got about 10 amens from our elders. What's made you stay is you made up in your mind a long time ago, I'm buying this and I'm not going nowhere. That's got to pass on to our next generation. That we as older or elder, we can look back and say, you know what, God? I'm rejoicing because I've invested in things that matter. Jeremiah didn't argue. God said, buy that field for the right of redemption. The Bible says he bought a field that he never got to live on. It was an act of faith, Brother Barry. See, here's what the closing of this whole message says faith and truth work together, hand in hand.
I can't say I got faith and deny truth. And I can't say I've got truth and don't exercise faith. It takes both. If I've got truth, then here's what's going to happen. I'm going to keep loving God when the chips are down and I'm in the midst of the valley. I'm going to keep loving God when my family's in chaos and i got problems in my family. I'm going to stay faithful to the things of God when my kids maybe go away I'm not approving of in the Word of God. I'm going to stay faithful to the things of God because I know what I'm doing today matters. I'm passing on and I'm leaving behind an eternal thing that I can't describe. I can't measure it. All I can do is I'm deciding today. I'm buying the field. I'm in this sink or swim. Like one old boy said, I took the reverse out of my transmission. Stand with me. Brother Dale, there ain't no going back. All I got. Now some only got about a little two cycle, little Honda or four cycle little engine. Only got about three gears. I got a 12 speed. Brother Joe, I took reverse out. I don't know a whole lot about neutral. <laughs> Brother Charlie, I ain't no engine man, but I don't even think I got a neutral. I might need one, but I ain't got one right now. I got a 12 speed, and I done dropped the hammer down, and I'm going all the way with him. I made my election sure, and I'm going to keep making it sure that no matter what everybody else says or does, I got some kids coming. I got some kids. I got a church family. And here's what I want us to leave behind to the kids that ain't even here. Let them know that we're in this with all our heart. And we love one another and we love God with everything in our fiber. And we're going to get along together. We're going to love one another together. And we're going to see a great harvest and revival in our families, in our businesses, in our jobs, in our... You believe that with me right now? Throw your hands high in the air. Step out of that pew and say, God, I'm ready to make an eternal investment right now. I want to make my way to the front. That's an investment. We come to the front because we're investing in what we call an altar. Saying, God, I lay my life down and I pick yours up. That's what we do every service at an altar. I'm laying my life down and I'm picking yours up. I want your ways, God. I want your thoughts. I want your actions. I want to be pleasing unto you. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice.